For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Well, it's a manic Monday here on Birds 365 for four teams. It is for four teams. It's a marvelous Monday. We're here to break it down with you. Jody McDonald, John McMullen, your Birds 365 guys. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, you've been listening to us. We thank you very much. Uh, while you're at it, like, subscribe, Ooh, hit that early. like button early. We get it in. Um, Johnny Mac, we do Eagles conversation about somewhere between 90 and 95% of the time. Today will be part of that 10% that we're not talking about the Philadelphia Eagles because we just uh, watched maybe the greatest weekend in the history of the National Football League. So we're going to spend a lot of time on that. We'll tie it into the Eagles and how it will have an effect on the Eagles. And there's certainly a way to do that. Um, but would you say, I, I say on the air all the time, I remember 1969, the Jets won the Super Bowl. I'm a wee lad of only seven years old going out with my father on the front lawn throwing a little Jets pixie football at halftime of their Super Bowl victory against the Colts. So do the math, 1969, uh, 2022. Yeah, I've been watching the National Football League for over 50 years. It's the best weekend of football I've ever seen in my entire life. How about you? Yeah, it's up there. I mean, I haven't yelled back. I can't imagine anything being better as far as the four games, as far as the drama, as far as uh, everything on the edge of your seat. Uh, it didn't look like it was going to be that way early yesterday, but here comes Tom Brady, which is which is amazing in itself. And then you have, I mean, that's in the conversation for the best game ever, just as far as the back and forth and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, unquestionably as far as drama. And, and I've always described the NFL – and I, and I love this description. I probably said it to you. I'm going to describe, I'm going to, you'll get it. Not a lot of younger people get it. It's like a Sugar Ray Leonard fight. You don't remember. You get the flurry in the last minute and you think it's the greatest thing you ever saw. And it was, by the way, the final game. We saw some bad football in Tampa Bay, Los Angeles early. We saw some bad football in Cincinnati with the nine sacks. But late, man, you get the flurry late. You forget about it. And you go, wow. Look at this league. Look at this thing. But that, but the 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 nightcap, the final game, that's one of the that's one of the greatest games of all time. That's going to be in the conversation. If that were in the Super Bowl, it would probably be labeled the greatest game of all time. I mean, just the back and forth and all that. It was it was unbelievable to watch those two quarterbacks. And those are the templates for the young quarterbacks. I I wrote a column about the Eagles quarterback situation. Worst time possible, but I already followed it before that game. Uh, It's, you know, that's what you're looking for in the modern game. You're looking for those guys in the off-schedule stuff, and they're so explosive, and they just can make play after play after play after play after play. And it's almost, if you don't have them, you go, uh, what are we going to do? But it's like the 1% in the world, Jody. You either get them or you don't get them. And it ain't easy to get them. 
And if you don't have them, you're really behind the eight ball. The final game between the Chiefs and the, the Bills, 25 points in the last minute and 54 seconds. 25 points in a minute and 54 seconds. And that doesn't count the touchdown in overtime. With yeah. Patrick Mahomes take the kickoff, goes right down the field, 75 yards. Here's our boy Kelsey catching it in the end zone. And by the way, do you think Nick Sirianni would have deferred to open up? Uh, yeah, overtime? he would have deferred. I he think he deferred. might have, which could have been a potential problem for the Eagles had they been in that game yesterday. Everybody Just, defers. Not not in overtime, you don't, but I fear Nick Ferriani. Nick oh, well, I see what you're saying. I think yeah, in overtime, would he have deferred in overtime? I don't know for a fact that he I would do. have said, I yes, give us that. the football. I, I think I he might it. have just out of road sent his defense out there and said, defer, 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 defer. See, I think, a problem, John. I, I think it's I, I think it's cardinal sin, as you do, to win the opening coin toss and defer against a team like Kansas City, which he would do. He's not He's not deferring. Who did that once? The, who 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 didn't take the football? You remember there was a game. Was it your boy Zimmer up in Minnesota? No, it wasn't Zimmer. It was years ago. It was uh, I'll have to look it up. But somebody did it once, and no one will ever do it. Marty Morningwig. Yes, Marty. There you Marty go. Marty did it. Marty did it. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Um, yeah. Come on. I I blame Nick for not deferring at the beginning of certain games, and he deserves it. But. No, he's not at that point, uh, especially in a game when you have that kind of explosion going forth. And then you have the the overtime talks. Oh, you got to change overtime. You got to change overtime. There's no perfect system of overtime. Look, Buffalo had plenty of chances to win that game. Kansas City had plenty of chances to win that. I mean, yet yeah, first of all, why are you kicking off with 13 seconds left? I mean, you know, try to get them to use some time. Maybe they don't. Maybe they down the football. Uh, and you lose a second, whatever, but a second can be precious in that type of situation. But also, you know, make some plays. Make some plays defensively. You know where where the weekend wasn't great, Jody? Coaching. A lot of bad coaching. And these are the best teams. And you saw a lot of guys not putting themselves, not putting their teams in in positions to win games. And, you know, the two coach of the year Front runners would be the top of the list. Mike Rabel in Tennessee, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I mean, they're just awful performances. And those are the two coach of the year. So as we speculate, and then we'll talk about this this week, but the coaching market is going to heat up this week. And I think you're going to see some hires this week. You know, you see these people on social media. It's not just fans. It's media people. They're so sure so-and-so and certain names going to be a head coach. I don't know if they're going to be a good head coach. I don't. Nobody knows. And you just saw some of the best head coaches lay some eggs on the biggest stinking stage there is. What really bothered me, and yes, I got caught up in it, and I'm not going to overly emphasized the negative because there was just so much positive in the excitement Four walk-off wins. It's the most walk-off wins in an NFL playoff year ever, ever. And they did it in one weekend, one weekend four walk-off games. So that is, as you pointed out, your Sugar Ray Leonard analogy, the end kind of justifies all the means to get there. But the means, how do you not cover Cooper Cup? How do you allow Cooper well, Cup that's, that's, to make you know, think about catches? it. Think about Anybody it. Anybody but Cooper Cup, okay, fine. He gets two straight catches. 
yeah, if uh, Todd Bowles thought he was in the running for a head coaching job, that went by the wayside with that last Rams possession. I'm sorry. Well, that's a perfect example. Todd Bowles is one of the, the better defensive coordinators in this league. I think everybody would agree with that. They have no timeouts. They have, you know, Sean McVay's the opposing coach. You think he's going to give up anyway. You think he's going to play for the tie, especially after the first, I don't know if it was a sack, but I think it was a sack. Stafford uh, tried to run on the first one. Yard, so they and I, I thought they were going to give up at that point because Sean McVay usually coaches to lose. He's another one. And and no, they 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 went for it. And then the final play, you're like, first of all, you zero blitzed. Even to I don't know if you saw it. Even Tony Dungy, the king of the cover two, is like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? I mean, it, you just let him catch a, a a ball in the middle of the field. The game's over. It's going to overtime. I that is one of the most head scratching calls in the history of the world. And then after the game, Bruce Aarons kind of threw him under the bus and said it wasn't communicated to all the players. You know, they had a slot blitz. The safety's got to cover Cooper Cup. Didn't even know it, evidently. And all of a sudden, the game's over. Your season's over. Who knows? Tom Brady's career's over. But I think he's going to come back um, for one more year because I don't think he likes that taste in his mouth. But you know, even Bruce Arians. I mean, Bruce Arians, that, I called that in the Eagles, and I still believe the deepest coaching staff in the NFL as far as talent. And, you know, Tristan Wirfs was probably the biggest injury of the weekend. I mean, they couldn't block anybody. They And this is another, we'll bring the Eagles, we'll reel the Eagles in. You know, they lose one player, granted, an all-pro player. And their whole offensive line, which is one of the best in football, falls apart. Now, granted, against a great defensive line, Aaron Donald is just unbelievable. But I mean, you got to figure that out quicker. You got to help the right tackle quicker. You got to make adjustments quicker. And and Tampa Bay probably goes out and wins that game if they just make the adjustments quicker. Couldn't do it. Is as good as the I I guess I got to be negative because you're going to be positive. As as good as the drama was, that's how bad the coaching was this weekend. You could. You could you could take a look at everybody, everybody, and go, "What the heck are you doing, Cincinnati with nine sacks? You, how how much credit do you have to give Joe Burrow? How do you win that football game? More so if you're Mike Rabel, how do you lose it? How do you that, lose that football game? That's where I was going next. You talked about Tampa's inability to block. <laughs> the Bengals didn't have injuries, and they almost got their uh, quarterback killed. Block. Yeah, they nine times. Twice he was sacked on a play and it was overturned by a penalty. So in actuality, there were 11 sacks. Yeah, yeah And he got hit 13 times, which means in actuality, he got hit 15 times. And he gets up off the canvas and makes that unbelievable. Again, what the hell is the defense coordinator thinking? They've got no timeouts left, under 30 seconds to go. I'm guessing they're going to try and go sideline to Jamar Chase. And what do they do? 20-yard completion sideline to Jamar Chase. He steps out of bounds. How do you allow that to happen? That that boggles my mind. Do you know what the number one priority of the other team is? Get it to Cooper Cup in the Ram game. Get it to Jamar Chase on the sideline, no less. And he does exactly that. Yeah, there was some serious breakdowns defensively this weekend, John. Some really good. I don't want to take away from Joe Burrow and what he did. Matthew yeah. Stafford uh, had ups and downs. They turned it over four times. Not Matthew Stafford. He wasn't the one putting it on the ground. There were a lot of fumbles in that game. He did not throw a pick. 
but there were some serious defensive breakdowns in this weekend's games. Yeah, there really was. I mean, and, you know, we kind of whitewashed it in Kansas City Buffalo because they're so explosive, those teams. But even in those situations, I don't care if you have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Uh, you At know. least it was Gabriel Davis, not uh, Stephon Diggs, yeah. making all those catches. At least somebody stepped up who you didn't expect to, and he goes for 200 yards. Yeah, but even then, you got to make an in-game adjustment, and they failed to do it. But my, you know, if you're winning with 13 seconds on the clock, I mean, you got to be able to train that 13 seconds off. I'm sorry. So for those people saying, "Oh, you got to change the overtime rules," and they always do, you know. By the way, Jody, you know, people changing the overtime rules. And again, I'm not. I'm. I'm mainly talking about media people, not fans. I'm not. You've seen them. You throw. These are the same people who say safety, 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 and they want to keep playing until ever. I mean, you, you can't have it both ways. These are the rules. Everybody knows the rules. Stop them in 13 seconds. You don't have to go to overtime. I, I, I mean, come on. I, I you know, uh, yes. Did the coin toss? You know, if Buffalo wins the coin toss, they probably win the game because Kansas City's not capable of stopping that. That's you know, again. When the playoffs, and this is Andy Reid's philosophy, and it has been since 1999, you get consistently good, you get in the playoffs every year, and eventually the stars are going to align. I mean, it's tough to win. Yeah, that's what I said about Tom Brady. You know, people, we, we've gotten, and we've had this discussion before uh, also, people have gotten into this mentality, I like to call them the Ricky Bobby rules. You know, if you're not in first place, you're last, and everything's a failure. Everything's a failure unless you're the last team standing, unless you win the championship. That's just another tick in the legacy of Tom Brady. 27 to 3. They can't block anybody, and they managed to find a way to tie that game before the defense can blow it. That's that's amazing as well. Um, so it was a great weekend overall. The drama, the excitement the best reality show in television history. That's what fuels the NFL's popularity. But for those teams looking for coaches this week and are start getting coaches, and you're so sure they're going to have a great coach, the two best coaches in the NFL, the guys who are going to be one and two this year for coach of the year, were absolutely abysmal in the biggest stage humanly possible. Yeah, I disagree with you there. Um, you know Which, who was... or LaFleur? LaFleur. What, the guy can't even get 11 people on a special team. He's not even a head coach, Jody. I'm I... workshopping this term. John, John, I know how big a Aaron Rodgers fan you are. I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. Uh, off the chart, Aaron Rodgers fans. He stunk. He I, wasn't, I, just, Aaron, he wasn't just bad on Saturday night. He was terrible oh, have to do on Saturday night. Teams. He couldn't. This is a phrase that we all use in football now. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I don't know. even know when you would say it came into fruition. But put the ball on him. The ability of a quarterback to get the ball to his right receiver within the frame of his body. Hit him in stride. Put it on his numbers. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers hit a guy. Put it on a guy once all night. Once all night, even the ple- passes he completed, Adams had to die for, Adams had to stretch for. And oh, by the way, he only threw it to Adams and Jones. There were a whole bunch of other receivers out there that he refused to throw the ball to. Well, they Aaron Rodgers 
was pitiful well, on yeah, Saturday but, oh, night. All right, okay. I'm not going to blame the coach for the fact that a Hall of Fame quarterback had the worst game ever in his life. All right, I'm I'm going to stipulate to the fact that he did not have one of his best games. So let's one let's, of his best games. He might have had his worst game in his career. All right, even let's go that far. Let's stipulate and say it's the worst game of his career. Let's stipulate. Let's agree to that. How do you not win that game? How do you not win that game? Block field goal. Because Block your punt. quarterback played the worst game in his career. That's how you not win that. Was game. Was he out there blocking for the punt? Was he out there giving up the the third and uh, you know I, I, I was he out there giving up a third and seven to Debo Samuel on the ground when everybody knows they're going to run it? I mean a block field goal. We talked to Clark Judge last week. Remember we talked about those special teams, thirty second ranked in the NFL. Sometimes you hit the nail on the head. They got ten people out there, Jody. Ten people on the winning field goal. And Which if they, credit, if they had eleven? Do you really think they would have blocked? No, it? no, I don't. But there is an asset as a. Can you imagine if that happened in this town? Can you imagine if that happened in this town? You only try to. No, he's going to make the kick. It was a great kick. It was a great hold. It's Robbie Gold. Did the, it was dead center. It's not going to change the result. But come on, coaching is about preparation and having guys ready. And I've been workshopping this term when people talk about head coaches. They should start talking about lead coaches, lead coaches, because Matt LaFleur is not even a head coach. He doesn't pay attention to the defense. He doesn't pay attention to the special teams at all. So did Aaron Rodgers stink? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers stunk. I'll agree with you there. But the head coach, and I put that term loosely, was even worse. And if he loses Aaron Rodgers, that team is, you know, 13 wins, 13 wins, 13 wins. They're going to win five, six games. Because that coach isn't prepared for that job. And either isn't prepared for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick it more on the quarterback. You want to stick it on the coach, I'll stick it on the quarterback. Specifically, that team, the way that they played. Now you can fault the coach because he leans on him as much as he does. I would do the same, too, because he is that good. He just wasn't anywhere near that good on Saturday. No, but he was good he enough to win because they had the lead. They had the lead. They had the, They were winning that game easily. And by the way, as bad as Aaron Rodgers was, easily. Jimmy Garoppolo. When was, when was easily? When were they winning the game easily? Jimmy Garoppolo was even worse, but Kyle Shanahan found a way. Kyle Shanahan found a way. Kyle Shanahan's a good coach. Oh, He's a go. good coach. I, I agree with you there. And yeah, Jimmy G made a couple of big passes on that last possession. Wow, he was a Which bismal. again points back to the overall point of the weekend. Debo Samuel, Greg Kittle. They got two players. They got two players on offense. How do you let those two guys make catches against you in that final drive? How do you not double team both of those players on both plates well, and Jeff, dare them Matt, to Matt, LaFleur has, Matt LaFleur has no freaking idea because he's not paying attention to that side of the football he's got no freaking idea that is one of the most overrated coaches because of that quarterback in the history of the world and if that quarterback does leave I mean they're 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 screwed they're, they're it's over for them I, I always call Green Bay the most spoiled fan base get ready it's over because you're not prepared at quarterback, and you're certainly not prepared at head coach, Jody.
There's... You're certainly not prepared to yeah, head coach. Wow, you're you're not a Lapleur guy. I I think you're way over the top harsh on him. I do think he's a good coach. I think he did a really poor job on Saturday. Uh, I'm not I'm not giving him a free pass. But when you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and he throws in the clunker that he did. I'm sorry. He's at the top of my two blame list. Uh, you and I do see that one differently. All right. We are the uh, Macamac guys here on Birds 365. Yes, we'll try and find a way to tie the weekend's action. I'd say probably the best way is the winners from this weekend, specifically NFC. But if you want to go over to AFC, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and like, you got to beat them to win a Super Bowl, right? We won another parade here. Yeah, the Eagles aren't in that neighborhood just yet. Uh, we'll discuss that with the two guests we've got coming up today. A little later in the show, our buddy Rob Motti, who was in Tampa for yesterday's Bucks rams game. Unbelievable comeback, but then fade at the end by Tampa Bay and Tom Brady's future status. And our buddy Jeff Kerr, first off the bench here on Birds 365. We'll talk both Eagles and this weekend's unbelievable NFL playoff action with Jeff Kerr next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about, because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
It is Birds 365 here on the Jacob B. YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in, football fans. We'll uh, keep you company for another hour and change here today. And we've got two good guests. Rob Marty next hour. Right now, our buddy off the bench, the best substitute we've got here on Birds 365. And even though he's just as follically challenged as either myself or McMullen, he's a little younger than either one of us. Um, Jeff Kerr, was that the best weekend of football ever in your life? I think so. I mean, it's hard to grasp what type of – if there was a better weekend of football. I mean, if you want to count Super Bowls, I still think that East Bills game was one of the best games ever. I, I mean, uh, yeah. and I called that on Wednesday. That's going to be the Super Bowl. We're going to see Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen take the mantle as the new Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And I was talking with a buddy of mine last night, and he goes, you know what? I think that's better. Yeah, I, I, it was definitely one of the greatest games of all time. I certainly said when Cincinnati, no disrespect to what Joe Burrow did, but when they were able to pull off what they were able to pull off, I said, well, the AFC championship game is tomorrow. Uh, essentially, whoever wins that game is going to, and we'll see. I mean, Joe's capable of putting up 500 yards on that defense, but let's start on Saturday. Boy, I and I, Jody and I were just discussing. I don't know how early he's jumped on. As great as the weekend was from a playing standpoint, from a drama standpoint, I thought it was that bad from a coaching standpoint. On Saturday, it started with Matt LaFleur and 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 Mike Brabel, who are probably one, two in the coach of the year voting. So, you know, how do you lose a game where you get nine sacks? And as Jody pointed out, really 11, two got called back because of holding. And, and then you go to Green Bay. With Jimmy Garoppolo, I've never seen more poor throws by a high-level quarterback. It was like, oh, my God, just don't throw the football. And Green Bay can't win the game because of special teams all year with this team. It is unbelievable, the lack of preparation. And then it continued into Sunday, but we'll get to Sunday. Your early thoughts on those Saturday games, Mike Brabel letting his team down, Matt LaFleur letting his team down. Well, I did the Packers 49ers game for CBS Saturday, and I kept thinking to myself, don't make any mistakes, and you're going to win this football game 10 to 3 because Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to win you this football game. And really, the 49ers won that game because, in my opinion, Kyle Shanahan did the smart thing and said, you know what? I'm going to give the ball to my best player on a third and nine. Debu Samuel, and you're going to have to stop him in the snow, and they just could not do that. And the Packers' defense was one of the best defenses in the league this year in terms of getting to the quarterback, and they were rocking Jimmy Garoppolo throughout the night. But I just don't know how you get a punt blocked that deep in your own territory, allowing that to happen. I, I don't understand. You know, why did this Packers team allow Mason Crosby to kick field goals for them all year. And he got three field goals blocked this year, and including that one from, you know, right before the half. And I'm thinking to myself, the 49ers are only down seven to nothing after all that. All they need is a touchdown. All they need was a little break. And their special teams, which is bigger than, you know, the, the Packers. And I, I got to trash the NFC North a little bit here. This is what happens when you get to play the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears four times a year. And the San Francisco 49ers are out there playing the Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, basically this division is beating the, themselves up. And we got two NFC yeah, West. Yeah, hold, oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Didn't the Packers play the NFC West? 
Did they? Yeah, they did. But they don't play each other twice a year. Four and oh. Four and oh. Packers went four and zero against the NFC West. So if, if you're gonna get on the Packers, Packers blew the game. But don't try and tell me on because the Packers weren't prepped to play gets, the NFC they West. They were. They played them four times. Four. They beat them all four times during the year. Well, both are true. The Packers were a good team during the regular season, and 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 the NFC North does stink. It, it does stink right now. So it did give them a, a little bit of a boost, but. Yeah, they outplay. I mean, they were in a position to win that game easily, and they lost the game on on special teams gaffes. And the quarterback didn't play well. Jody's going to focus on that. There's no question he didn't play well, but he was a hell of a lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And San Francisco found a way to to to, to pull things out. So I, you know, and then I go back again to Mike Rabel. How do, I, I'm still trying to figure that one out, Jeff. How do you lose that football game? How is that possible? I'm still trying to figure out how you get nine sacks in the football game and lose. I mean, I I'm, I think Joe Burrow is the only quarterback to ever do. Look, the Bengals did not deserve to win that football game, not with that offensive line. And I'm tired of hearing, well, you know, franchise quarterback makes a difference. Yeah, you're right to an extent, but guess what? That offensive line is atrocious. And the Chiefs are going to do to that team what Tennessee did. And it might – here's the thing. You can't score 19 points and win that game. Poor quarterback play – Again, on Saturday, Ryan Tannehill's poor quarterback play also cost the Tennessee Titans. At, at least, my, but Jimmy Garoppolo got away with it because the forty because uh, the Packers had more blunders. It, Saturday was just a comedy of errors in both those games. Yeah, let me ask you something about the upcoming matchup. I know we're kind of jumping ahead. We'll do that to go back and forth. Um, I thought in watching the the, the final game of the weekend, uh, Bills and Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't come close to pressuring Josh Allen the way the Bills did Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes was flushed out of the pocket, had to make more plays on the run. Allen uh, didn't even get a chance to take off as often as Mahomes did. Early in the game, the best offensive weapon was Mahomes running the ball out of the out of a broken-down play and just taking off and running. I thought the Chiefs' defensive line didn't play all that great, and that's why Allen had as big a game as he did. Do you think the Chiefs can be as good pressuring Joe Burrow next week? Um, and I, I know they won because Mahomes is magical. Um, or uh, what did Danny Reed call him after the game? Uh, Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper. One things are Grim. Reaper. And it's Grim, Grim Reaper. Reaper. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a pretty damn good uh, nickname. Is Kansas City going to be able to get enough pressure against Burrow next week? I don't think they can do what the Titans did, but can they get enough? Well, here's what. I think Cincinnati needs to do next week. I know we're jumping a little little ahead here, but they got to score like, forty, number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, too. They got to give the ball to Joe Mixon, and I like what the Bills did. They had a lot of design runs for Josh Allen. They, you know, they, Sean, Sean McDermott might. Everybody thought he was a little too conservative early in that game. I, I certainly didn't think so. I kind of like the game plan. He started out with, okay, let's try to keep this offense off the field a bit, and we'll have these long drives. And we'll run the ball, and but then when the floodgates opened after um, Allen threw that touchdown to Gabe Davis. I, I just think, okay, you know, maybe Sean McDermott's just going to go crazy now or Brian Dable because they're going to – how am I wording it? Uh, you know, they wore the Chiefs' defense down. That's why I thought they weren't able to get pressure on that. But, again, when Allen had that fourth and four, they did get pressure on him. I I, I mean, that, that was one of the best rushes I've seen from – Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram and Jerron Reed and Jerron Reed did get to him once on, on, but 
it, it just seemed to me that the Bills' offensive line is a lot better than the Chiefs. And Joe Burrow is not as mobile as Josh Allen. We got to keep that in consideration. Joe Burrow, I, I, I'll be shocked that Joe Burrow runs for 50 yards on Sunday. No, well, he's not going to run for it, but he could throw for 400 plus against that defense. I, you know, and that's one of the things with all these coordinators this weekend, Jeff, uh, being thrown out there for potential head coaches. A lot of those guys had some bad days. If you're Leslie Frazier, how can't you get out of there with 13 seconds? I, I, I mean, I 13 seconds, 13 seconds. The game's over. They put the the picture on Andy Reid, and he was, like, just devastated, devastated because the game's over and all. No, it's not over. From the decision that to, to not squib kick it, uh, at least try to take some time off the clock, you know, they could have downed it and, and taken only one second, but you got to try. Um, and then, you know, I thought it was interesting that Travis Kelsey talked after the game. He's like, I'm not running the route. I'm just going to an open spot. There's a lot of sandlot football going on, uh, Jeff Kerr. So when I when I look at, and I talked to Jody about this, there's going to be some head coaching hirings this week, and everybody's so sure, so-and-so, insert whatever name you want to insert. You're better off getting the playmakers. You're better off getting Patrick Mahomes because they're playing sandlot football out there. Oh, yeah, and – this is what I get about the whole Leslie Frazier thing. So, you know, the whole squib kick decision aside, why are you just putting everybody back? I don't know. Letting them catch like a 10-yard pass and then just getting them down. And then Andy's got to burn one of his timeouts. And then you, that, you know, say there's like six, seven seconds left. Now, I'm thinking to myself, what are these guys doing here? Like, Leslie Frazier's way too smart for that. But by the way, uh, John, you know, we want to mention Leslie Frazier's name in the head coaching mix. Before, I'm like, I like Leslie Frazier, but he had his chance as a head coach. And it didn't go you – know, you were in Minnesota, right? When the, yeah. When the head coach, yeah. yeah it, I don't think it went that well the first no, time. But, but you can learn. I mean, oh, you can learn. Oh, Jamar yeah. Chase as well. Like, who doesn't know Jamar Chase is getting the ball in that type of situation? And, I, it's it, – as great as a day as it was for entertainment and drama, as great as a weekend, it was that bad of a weekend – uh, for a lot of these defensive coaches late in games, late in games specifically, um, you know, situational football. That's all what coaches talk about, situational football, situational football. Situ- and every time a big situation comes up, they're doing the wrong thing. It's pretty it's pretty amazing. But uh, let's shift it to Sunday because I think Sunday was – yeah, two unbelievable Kansas City Buffalo. We'll get, I mean, that's the headliner. That's one of the greatest games of all time. 27 to three. What are you thinking about Rams, Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay can't block. No Tristan Wirfs. By the way, one player. Think about the Eagles offensive line, Eagles fans. We got to get some Eagles references in. They lose one player. Granted, a really good player. They completely fall apart. But here comes Tom Brady. What what was your thought process at twenty seven to three? Just don't turn the football over. Don't make stupid mistakes. Don't fumble the football. And Tom Brady doesn't have a chance to win that game. And Cam Akers fumbles the ball. Uh, by the way, Cam Akers getting the ball twenty seven times is a travesty. When Sony Michelle got you there, and for him to fumble that ball with under two minutes left is criminal. But the, then the whole bot snap and Matthew Stafford thing, it's. Just, there's just a calamity of error. And then a 47-yard field goal that was short? 
Yeah. In today's NFL, Matt Gay's a good kicker. Yes, he he's a Pro Bowl kicker. Yeah, he was I, would love, I would love to ask him, like Matt, what happened? Like, like you know, was it just like, a, you know, did you misjudge? But the- that I'll, I'll ask. Well, he is hurt, so I think he's not. He's not completely hundred percent. But so you know that as Tampa Bay, so you tie the game. All the momentum is in your uh, uh, hands, and the Rams have no timeouts. And you call a zero blitz another head coaching candidate? That's the only way this game's not going to overtime. And he said, hey, let's try this. I mean, this this stuff is amazing to so, me. So I I had to watch that play about four or five times to see what went wrong. It was before I heard Arians' comments on it. I'm like, Levante David. Are you shouldn't you be blitzing? You just kind of stood in the middle of the field. Well, he, nobody knew it. Nobody knew they didn't communicate it. And, and Not only was it a bad call on Cooper Cup, I'm like, yeah. I wonder why Matthew Stafford completed a 40 yard pass to him. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking the same thing as you, McMullen. I'm like, uh, wait, Todd Bowles, like, this is a guy that's mm. highly revered right now. Like, I, if I'm him, I might just stay in Tampa and kind of ride the coattails a little bit with that defense. Mm. He might, uh, not, uh, he might not have a choice. <laughs> and here's where I guess I kind of disagree with uh, neither of you guys, but both of you guys. Um, several uh, of these games, Kansas City and uh, the, the both of the games yesterday, no timeouts left. You got to make an unbelievable play. Plus, you got to stop the clock. How do you not play the best wide receiver on the other team, specifically Cooper Cup I'm looking at? In the Kansas City game, I probably uh, specifically target – Kelsey, because I'd be very careful trying to bump uh, Tyreek Hill because he could get by you so fast and get into the end zone so fast, it'd be a stupid play. But the other two guys, I'm getting my corner up. I'm getting my safety up. I'd even use a linebacker on Kelsey. Check him at the line of scrimmage. You're talking about seconds, one second, two seconds, three seconds. Is the difference between the game being over or, or getting one last playoff? How do you not get up and make these guys work to get off the line of scrimmage? They gave Kelsey a free run. Yeah, go ahead, run right down the middle of the field, get 20-yard step, and be able to catch a ball and only use four seconds. No infuriating me about that whole thing. They did a really good job of kind of slowing down Travis Kelsey throughout the game until that point. And then they just kind of let Travis Kelsey do whatever the heck he wanted. And this is the number one pass defense in the end. Patrick Mahomes had more passing yards in the final two minutes in overtime against a – they, they, they gave up the whole year. It's it's insane for game. It's yeah. They they wait. combined for nearly three hundred passing yards in the final two minutes. How is that even possible? How is that even possible? By the way, you go back. I I do want to bring this up for Eagles fans. You go back to um, the Rams game and the cover and the and the cover zero the zero blitz. Uh, which we all know Eagles fans love blitz, 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 <laughs> not in that situation. So Darius Slay, minutes after that, he tweeted, cover zero hurts again, explanation point, three times, trying to tell, I think, Eagles fans, look, blitzing ain't it in certain situations, and you just saw it uh, manifest itself in real time. That was one of the worst defensive calls, play calls I've ever seen in my life, legitimately. I mean, I hate the pick on the guy, but that that is unconscionable in that situation. When you have all the momentum, all you got to do is get the overtime. Yeah. 
it's absolutely insane. Like, I, I don't under. And here's the thing: Sean McVay was ultra conservative. Oh my god! To that point, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is I, unbelievable. I, I loved it too, and I, I mean, look, we gotta give a lot of credit to Matthew Stafford here. That is a hard throw. To great, great. The, the throw before that was a really great. Yeah, it throw. was. It's um. Matthew Stafford, by the way, did you guys happen to catch this last night? I, I didn't tweet it, but it was in the back of my mind. I, I got to go to the Chiefs game here. It took Patrick Mahomes 13 seconds to go 44 yards down yeah. the field in the Dallas Cowboys game. Cowboys can't go 14. Yeah, <laughs> can't go 14. It was amazing. And the uh, throw by Stafford, I'll tell you, I don't think it was that great a throw. He just threw it up for grabs. It was no, that the great game a winner play. Dead. You throw because- it. Avoided getting sacked as they were coming with the zero blitz. It, Cooper Cup was wide open. He's being partially covered by his safety, not completely covered. Pa- Cooper Cup had one of the greatest wide receiver years in the history of the National Football League. Oh, let's let him run free in the secondary and be wide open. Uh, it wasn't as much the throw as it was his read on the play. Picked up the blitz, got the hell out of there as soon as possible. He didn't need to make a great pass. And speaking of, by the way, read, which is exactly what he did. There are so many great throws lost in it all. The best throw, the best throw of the weekend 57 yards in the air, a freaking dime from Josh Allen in the air. 57 yards and you you couldn't have you couldn't have sent it FedEx and delivered it easier. I think it was Gabriel Davis. I yeah, think. it was Gabe Davis. Yeah, I, I tell I got a lot of friends in Bill's media and we were talking after that game last night. They're trying to process everything I said. You know, I'm looking at it as impartial here. I'm like, you know you guys might have two number one receivers and one A to Patrick Mahomes. You're going to be in this position for the next decade. You're just going to be in that position. And they go, you're right. They said, we beat a, and they're like, they, you know, the Bills beat the Chiefs. They, they beat the Chiefs. It, all they got to do is hold them with 13 seconds left. Like, it, it, that that loss is might be the worst in Bills history. And keep in mind. Oh, devastating. Yeah, devastating. Yeah, the only reason, the only reason though, Jeff, I disagree with you, I don't know how Josh Allen stays healthy. I don't know long term how you can guy. <laughs> I know, but so was Cam Newton. And That's people true. would say the same thing. Ultimately, if you keep playing that way, you're gonna get banged up. You're you're going to get banged up. As big and strong as he is, you're going to get banged up at some point. Joel Embiid is a big guy too, and he keeps getting hurt. Just being big doesn't keep you from getting hurt. I think Johnny Max right on that one. But I'll give you one pass that I think was as good as Allen's. When Brady needed to, you talk about dropping a dime. That was great. Oh, yeah. Evans over Ramsey on the play was yeah. pretty damn good, too. Now, the Brady was good. The The Bucks got back into the game because the Rams allowed them to by yeah. just fumbling and fumbling and fumbling and fumbling. But Brady did take advantage in the best pass that he threw was the one to Evans. Not even close to anything that Aaron Rodgers did on Saturday. He did not have a pass like that all game long. Aaron Everything Rodgers he threw was off the wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers had that game one. He missed the bot to Adams. I can't figure it out. Is like, can this guy not play in the cold? Can, he plays like Green Bay. It's he's odd. played. He's played a lot of good games in the cold. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you know, sometimes you don't have your A game. No doubt, he didn't have his A game. 
Or um, it's B or it's C game. Yeah, he was not. It's a D game by hey, Aaron Rodgers. I agree with you 100%, Jody. He just was not good. Like, all he needed to do was bring his B game. And I think the Packers are hosting the NFC Championship game. I, I agree with all of that, but I can't get over the special teams. Oh, well, that, that's I, I, I can't. That's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. I don't care. You know, sometimes, you know, when you have a quarterback that picks up garbage for 364 days a year and you got to pick up him for one day with special teams and not great special teams play blocking on kicks, you got to be able to do that. I, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I understand what you're saying, John, and I know some fans hate when we do this, but it's the reality of, of the sport we're talking about. When the quarterback's making $40 million and the well, special team guys are making $350,000 and you have a special team breakdown, it's kind of on the court. That's that's kind of his want in life when he cashes his check every week to have to take the team on his back and carry him. And Aaron Rodgers didn't do that uh, this weekend. I, I will say this. I bet the Packers would have liked to have a J.J. Ortega Whiteside type player on those special teams. I mean, you know, I always complain why he's here, but then you remember J. J. why he actually is here because there is one thing he does half decent, and that's special teams. I didn't think we'd get a J.J. <laughs> well done, Jeff Well done. That's the, only, that's the only time we're going to get a J.J. reference on playoff weekend. You Good for you, J.J. Well, he yeah. certainly isn't catching the ball on playoff no. weekend. no. Yeah, but uh, no, it, it, you're right. I mean, look, that's what we talk about. And I went the coaching route. It's the same thing with coaches, and you guys have gone the quarterback route. They get more credit when you win, more blame when you lose. That's just the way they know it. That's part of it. But there are other as aspects of the game. I'm one of those people. We saw, I mean, look, I thought Tennessee was going to beat Cincinnati. I think, Jody, you picked Cincinnati because they had the better quarterback. It turned out to be correct. They certainly had the better quarterback. They won the game. But Tennessee should have won the game. There are other ways you can win a game. The Rams is, is you know, Stamp, Matt, nobody's going to sit here and say Matthew Stafford's better than Tom Brady. But the Rams got the pressure Tom Brady, uh, and, and that's what won him the football game. And, by the way, he almost came back to win anyway because of the mistakes. There are other ways to win football games. San Francisco 49ers, best example of that. They had the worst quarterback of the weekend by far, by far, by far. And they won their football Tiny game. Hill was pretty bad. All right, not as bad as Jimmy. Uh, that, he he only threw one. Hill threw three. You know yeah, but awesome about I've it? never seen so many bad throws where you just went, what is he doing? And, yeah, the Packers should have picked off a couple more. A couple times Eric Stokes had his head down. Eric Stokes had a pick six in his, in his grabs, and he's playing the receiver. He doesn't have his head up. He could have just caught it and walked in. It was an abysmal performance by Kyle Shanahan, the, the MVP Pack of the weekend. The, the Packers got jobbed over the whole Rasul Douglas force fumble thing. To me, that's a catch and a fumble. And Yeah, that was a catch. That was yeah, a fumble. It was a catch and a fumble. And Rasul Douglas made an amazing play. I, I'll tell you one. I actually thought this changed the course of Jimmy G's game. When he hit George Kittle, wide open. Yeah, that was his best throw of the game. You're right. He lost confidence after that. He was, I got he was looking okay. by people by yeah. saying, there's no excuse for George Kittle to drop that. You're right. Up. You're right. That was, and, that was, and he completely lost confidence. You could see, like, this is my best player. He's wide open in middle field. It was a great throw. 
and he just dropped it. You never see that from George Kittle. I agree with you. That but really impacted. Kittle, Kittle did come back and make. No, he came back and made. Yeah, he made a great. Had to make that catch. Let me get your take on this, Jeff and John, um, because I was ready to go off on this, and so much transpired afterwards. It got pushed to the back burner. We talk about the refs. We unfortunately have to talk about the refs, and I think the refs, I always think uh, 9 out of 10, 19 out of 20 times, I take the refs back because I think they've got a very hard job, and I think people I take it 20 out of 20. I don't care. I don't care about the officials. Did did you watch the first half of that uh, Tampa game? The yeah. three uh, unsportsmanlike conduct yeah. penalties. Yeah. Are I you kidding me? And Dominican Sue gets kicked in the you know what nether region by the quarterback because he's going down. He points it out to the referee. Now he did use his finger, and uh, you got to be smart enough to realize anytime you wag your finger, they've been throwing that stupid taunting flag all year, yeah. which I think is dumb. Well, but he should have known it. But still, it's a playoff game. It's the divisional playoff game. You got to show some discretion if you're the referee. You keep that flag in your pocket. Then the guy on Tampa is coming off the field. He's about four feet from being on the sidelines. He takes off his helmet and throws it down. Again, a little discretion. By literally, was it a penalty? Yeah, it was. I don't care. It's away from the. It's not like a holding call in the middle of a play. Both of these penalties are after the play is over. And then the creme de la creme, Brady gets hit in the face. He's bleeding. He says to the referee, do you see that I'm bleeding? He probably used the word that. A couple expletives in there. He said a couple um, disparaging remarks. Understood. But again, it's the divisional playoffs. The play is over. It's not in the play. Excuse me, I'm getting worked up. It's after the play, and you throw a flag on the goat? Are you kidding me? Those were three of the worst penalties, and they all came in one half against the same team. I was ready to go nuts and go, what the hell are they? Is the fix in in this game? I hate when people do that. Oh, it's all fixed. Everything's predetermined. Yeah, but Jody, what do I always say? What I always say, and you've heard me say this before, Everything you just said, you don't like the legislation. You admitted by the literal definition of the law, they're all penalties. Now, you say the GOAT and Tom Brady, and obviously so. To me, that's a bigger problem. If you're if you're officiating games differently because Tom Brady is the GOAT and, and not giving every anyone else the same deference, that to me is a bigger problem. You guys heard what Tom Brady said this past week on his podcast, right? Did you guys hear about this? About never getting a, on sports. Yeah, he never gets it. one. Yeah. He finally got one. Because of, yeah, because of he the deference that people give him. Yeah, I, yeah I he admitted to, that. Yeah. I, I thought to myself Wednesday, I'm like, these guys are the official assignment on Tuesday, and Sean Hockley's the official. I guarantee you he gets one Sunday. I, and yeah. there was something in Vegas, I just would have bet $2 on it. And But 95% of the time, I say this all the time, Jody, you've heard me. People don't complain about the officials. They're complaining about the rules they don't like, which I agree with you. The helmet, who gives a a rat's ass? But it's a penalty. It is. The legislation is is Let's call taunting the entire season. The entire season. And back-to-back weeks, I got to see Tyreek Hill dance with pom-poms in the end zone and throw out the peace signs. Yeah, but here's where where I'm going to – I understand there's the call, there's the rule that common sense somewhere needs to come into it. 
if you want to light up and Diamond can sue because he pointed the finger, I'll say lighten up, Leroy. But if you're going to get fine, the guy took his helmet off. He threw it down. It was a mere matter of feet before the sideline. But if it's always in the field, of, he got. Yeah, Tom I hate Brady the is bleeding. I hate you. The miss the fact that he got punched in the oh, mouth or hit to, in the you mouth. He's pointing out to you the fact that he's bleeding. And yes, he may have used some profanity. That's where I'm sorry. You you have to have some discretion if you're the official. If you're going to be so legit, so so focused on, I have to stick and adhere to the rules. The evidence that Tom Brady is bleeding tells me, okay, I missed that one. So maybe, just maybe, I hold on to my flag and not throw it on Brady for using the F word up and down. Uh, I I just blame I because the taunting rule is stupid to begin with. I blame the league. I don't blame the guys that they're being told what to do because you know I'm I'm on Nick and I've given Nick Sirianni credit for this all year and Jonathan Gannon as well. There's nothing you can do about it. So you just tell me the down the distance and move on to the next play. Control what you – how many times you hear coaches say that? Control what you can control. You're going to get screwed at some point by a bad call. There's nothing you can do about it, so I don't focus much attention. To me, when you have a bad rule, and the taunting rule is obviously a bad rule, and I'm pretty I'm pretty confident they're going to get rid of it after one year. Um, that's, that's the legislation. That's not the police officer giving you the citation. The what? rule sucks. By the way, rule, guys, the law sucks. Have we discussed the overtime rule yet? I feel like this, this is yeah, the well, first thing we talk about. And yeah. I don't have a problem with that either because I don't either. look, 13 seconds left. Go win the game. Go win the game. Everybody's Josh devastated. Last night he goes, well, 13 seconds. You know, we had to leave it 13 seconds left. He said, you know, we lost coin toss. He goes, and you got to remember this. The Chiefs proposed to change this three years ago, and they were shot down. Oh, you're just bitter because you didn't get the ball in overtime. Well, here we go again. You know, it's – again, it, I hope NFL fans realize this used to be worse. This used to be a lot worse. It was – no, they only had to go 40 yards and kick a field goal. Field and, goal uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. at least, at least and I didn't have it. a problem with that either. No, I didn't either. Uh, yeah, I, 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 there's no good reason I, because I don't, I don't know what, what, where you guys are, but I can't stand the the college overtime rule. Oh, it's stupid. The eight overtimes. I mean, I, I was I at just, the nine overtime game this year. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, the, the the change was better, and there is no perfect ending. All right, uh, Jeff Carr, for you, final question. We got yesterday's results. Are the Eagles closer or further away from being a legitimate contender because of the results we got yesterday? And I do note that there's a lot of talk and speculation about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, either or potentially walking away from the game, not going somewhere else, saying, all right, that's enough for me. Adios, bye. And those are two very important teams in the NFC who could be in the quarterback searching mode. But you did have the two winners, the Rams and the 49ers. Do you feel better about the Eagles' chances knowing they're X amount away? But is it X a little bit closer than you thought before the weekend or X even further away than you thought before the weekend? After watching Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow this entire weekend, um, yeah. 
I do not like any Eagles chances to win the Super Bowl in the next five to ten years unless they, they get a quarterback like that. And look, I'm a Jalen Hurts guy. I think you should develop him. But how the heck are you going to beat Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow right now? In the Guys, end of- I, 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 before we let you go, Jeff, because I want to get your thoughts on this. Are we going down an NBA route? Because I've seen it a bunch of times, yeah. and I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to focus on certain people, but there's there's certain media people and a couple of them. Uh, you know, unless you find the Mahomes Allen type, uh, it changes everything. Draft another one year after year after year. Are we in the position where we're just going to be looking? for the one superstar quarterback that changes everything. And if you don't have it, you're, you're stuck in this perpetual um, NBA like rotation of trying to chase the superstar. Cause I think that would hurt the league. Where I, are you guys on that? I think we're, we're getting to that point, but the San Francisco 49ers can kind of give you some hope if they can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, by the way, they probably should have a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, but he sucked in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl 54. So, But, again, I think teams are looking at – these Kansas City Chiefs are not going anywhere with Patrick Mahomes. He's, he has six playoff wins already when he trails by seven points. Only Tom Brady has more. He's 26. Uh, Josh Allen's around. Joe Burrow's around. Matthew Stafford's still going to be in this problem. I'll tell you what, if I was Russell Wilson, I think long and hard about it because some team's going to, they're going to pay the piper for him just to have that opportunity to, to compete with those guys. Here's what you got to root for, John. If you are uh, looking to avoid the scenario you just laid out, Jimmy G to the rescue. I love that. 49ers win the whole thing. And that yeah, puts the quarterback question on the back burner. It's very early, Jody, but I'm leaning towards picking the 49ers in the championship. They've game. only beat they the Rams six straight times. Yeah, yeah. Boys, it's. I mean, I have tremendous, tremendous respect for Kyle Shanahan. I don't think there was a better head coach in football than Kyle Shanahan. I don't. Oh, I don't think there's a pretty good one in Kansas City uh, of that tree. Yeah, it's so. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Bill Belichick, Andy Reid. I'm being a little bit. Uh, facetious, but as far as scheming, as far as preparation, I think he's at the top of his game. When you start talking about best, you know, you got to throw longevity, success in there. But I think right now, he's he's the best head coach in the NFL from a scheming that standpoint. Tree, Shanahan, that that Shanahan McVay Lafleur tree, Shanahan runs circles around that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my got, God. Oh, and he's got by far the best defensive coordinator of the block, too. And look, in D'Amico. Yeah, Ryan. but and look who he had before D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, he had Robert Sala. He, he, yeah. he lost everybody, and he still wins. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty good. All right, Jeff Kerr, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for coming on, shooting the NFL breeze with us today. You know, we're going to tap into your play during this long and winding off season. Thanks, bud. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, I love talking that for football. It was up till three o'clock last night, breaking down that Chiefs Bills game, and I'm right back at it in about two seconds. That is Jeff Carr from CBSSports.com uh, uh, covers the NFL and jumps aboard when we need his services here on Birds 365. All right, McDonald and McMullen got an hour in the book, still an hour left to play. Rob Marty of the Associated Press joins us about 20 minutes from now here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. 
Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call one 800 Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. John McMullen and Judd McDonald hanging with you here on Birds 365. Thank Jeff Kerr. For jumping on board to talk about the uh yeah just one man's opinion best weekend in the history of the national football league uh three games all four games all walk off first three on field goals last one on a touchdown in overtime which just allows us to debate the whole overtime rule john and i seem to be on the same page here it's the best of an imperfect lot there is no perfect solution to the overtime. Smarter minds than either me or McMullen have been trying to figure it out for years. They made a correction and an upgrade a couple of years ago when they said, yeah, field goal is just not going to get it. You got to get a touchdown. 
there's no perfect way to do it. So I feel badly for the Bills who lost the coin toss. It had happened to the Chiefs several years earlier uh, when Brady got the ball in overtime and he went right down the field and scored and the Chiefs wanted to change the overtime rule. I guess they're glad they have it now since Mahomes <laughs> did what he did and the Chiefs are going to the AFC championship game. But it was just phenomenal football action all weekend long. Uh, question off that, John, and you just broached it about the quarterbacks. Um, is it going to be NBA like that? You have to have that superstar top five quarterback or you got no chance, no shot. Um, two guys who have been in that grouping at times during their career, basically one who's been it his whole time. The other one who had to wait a couple of years uh, before he got his chance in green Bay, both Brady and Aaron Rodgers lost. Brady played badly early. He did rally his team, got a major leg up that the Rams kept giving the ball back to him on fumbles, but he did take advantage and he did get them tied uh, before the uh, Tampa Bay defensive coordinator went brain dead and allowed the Rams to win it at the gun. Um, but there is rumors. And I had a Tampa guy on last night, Ira Kaufman, who writes for JoeBucksFan.com on my CBS show. We'll try and get Ira on our show here. Hall of Fame um, voter, too, I believe. Ira. Good good dude. Great guest. So I'll try and get Ira on uh, for us here on Birds 365 one year. I asked him about, why didn't this Brady conversation about potentially retiring crop up till this week? At no point during the year were people going, yeah, Tom Brady's great, but you know this could be the end of Tom, Tom Brady having another great year. <laughs> but you know Tom Brady could walk away. He's an MVP. Can he get the MVP and walk away as the MVP? I had not hear, heard any of that all year long. But then the week of the divisional round game, it becomes a conversation. It was almost like looking into a crystal ball and knowing that Brady was going to lose the game, which I sure as hell didn't. I picked Tampa to win that game yesterday. Um Give me your uh, thought process. I know we're not there every single day, but you're an astute football observer. How do you think Brady handles this? Do you think the conversation was merited and warranted? Do you think he actually is considering stepping away? Yeah, I mean, I think it's similar to a uh, Jason Kelsey situation in that uh, at this stage, and he's 44, far older. He's going to be 45 in August. got a decade on Kelsey. Yeah. He obviously it's year to year for him and he got to bring in Giselle, the kids. He always talked about um, a lot of that has to do with, with, with Tom Brady. Um, and, and if he's going to continue to play um, it's interesting, Mike, I think there would have been a better chance to him to retire if they won, if he won the Super Bowl and the MVP He's, he's the type of competitive guy that the loss is going to stick with him. And I think he's going to take some time and say, well, I'm still playing at a high level. And he gave us, you know, he went to Twitter after he was very open-ended during his press conference, very Jalen Hurts like, this is what he tweeted, Jody. You win or you learn. There are no failures, only lessons. How many times you hear uh, Jalen Hurts say that? When you when you fall, you need to pick yourself up with greater enthusiasm than you when you went down. Now we look back on an incredible season, learn our lessons, and get up because even greater things are coming. Hashtag keep going. That's what he tweeted. I mean, I, he's, you know, I don't know if he officially cleared it with the boss. My boss is in the background. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he has to. No. Um, 
and I'm talking about Yourself. Uh, it sounds like he wants to come back. Uh, did he mention rat poison in the tweet? He did not going mention to be rat Jalen Hurts. Like, got them all. Uh, and by the way, okay. I think Jalen Hurts got it from Tom, not the opposite. Yeah, but you get my pro- point. Probably a good uh, uh, line of demarcation. I. How about that other guy up in Green Bay? Um, yeah, we've been talking since last offseason about Aaron Rodgers wanting to be somewhere else other than Green Bay. Very infrequently did you hear Aaron Rodgers could walk away. I think it was more of a scare tactic toward the Packers than anything in actuality that Aaron Rodgers was ready to give up football. I certainly believe it's more logical he's going to play football next year, either in Green Bay or somewhere else. I think that's a small percentage that he's going to walk away. And there are three different options in Rodgers' situation with the Packers, with someone other than the Packers, before you get to retirement with Brady, it's only two, Tampa or time to step away. You don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to take this. Let me refer to it again as a God-awful game. You more blame the coach. I more blame the superstar. I thought Rodgers was terrible on Saturday night. You don't think he's going to walk away on that note, do you? No, I don't I don't think he's going to walk away. I, I think there's a chance... You know, one thing Aaron should have learned from this season, he's not a very good general manager. You know, when he was very upset about, I can't remember the kid's name, the tight end that they cut. Uh, he said, I, I, I'll try to look it up during the break. But, and then he wanted Randall Cobb back. I mean, imagine I'm, I'm looking at the numbers. The numbers aren't bad 20 of 29, 91.9 passer rating. Uh, he, so he threw it 21, 29 times, Jody. 21 were Devontae Adams or uh, uh, Aaron Jones. Nobody else had more than two targets. Daphne had two targets. Yeah, he, he had to have Cobb back in the worst way, but he didn't take the chance to throw it to Cobb much on Saturday, yeah. did he? Well, my point is, think about if you have Odell Beckham and what the Rams did in tr- reclamating his career instead of Randall Cobb. You know, leave the general manager work to the general manager. I do think he'd like to go to a situation where he felt more confidence in more than two players, and he doesn't have that in a big spot in Green Bay. Alan Lazard, we talk about elevating players. Martez, Baldez, Scantling wasn't even there. Those guys aren't good players. He elevates them in the regular season. Playoffs are a little bit different. You're not going to trust players like that. And he didn't trust, obviously, anybody on the field. Now you can blame them for that. You, you probably should blame them for that. If they're on the field, you got to use them. Right. Um, to be honest, uh, so it's a fair criticism. But I do think he'd like to go to a situation where there's more playmakers around him, especially as he continues to age and loses a little bit each and every year, as everyone does. You know, some of the other stuff's got to be picked up. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I know Detroit, I know Chicago, I know Minneapolis are crossing their fingers to get that guy out of that division because he has tortured them for a very, very long time. Um, But I don't think he's walking away. I don't. Now, you can also add into all the criticism he got for his personal beliefs and his immunization crap, and I think he got tired of that. People taking just, you know, you know how angry people are. So it's always a personal decision. 
and he's, you know, maybe he, he doesn't need the money. Maybe he does walk away, uh, but I doubt it. And I was on CBS Sports Radio on, on Saturday night talking about the game after he played as badly as he did. And, yeah, a lot of people were railing on his own personal beliefs and the fact that he is outspoken about them. And you know what I got a lot of, John, which I, I, I should have expected, but I was still surprised by it. His face on the sideline, that he looks so unconcerned, that he's not an emotional guy. Well, when he's throwing for 400 yards and five touchdowns, he's the exact same guy. Yeah. You can't tell. That's Rodgers. We got one in town by the name of Jalen Hurts. Same thing. You can't tell. He's narrow focused. He's unemotional. I don't care. People want to read into so much of how the players react after every play and when they take their helmet off on the side. I, all I care about is when you say hut hut and the ball gets snapped and the play gets run and the results thereof. To me, that's all that matters. I don't care what you look like, how you smile, how you don't smile, whether you put your hand through your hair or not. People read into the smallest no, thing yeah. about a guy. I mean, we talk about it. Locally with Jalen Hurts, it's better to have a quarterback that is very calm and very steady uh, at all times than the emotion. Now, Tom Brady gets emotional. You can do things different ways. But for the vast majority of us that aren't going to the Hall of Fame, and obviously Tom and Aaron are, um, yeah, I'd rather have the calm, emotional type at the quarterback position than the um, – guy's going to scream and, and yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a position where you have to keep your cool at all times. So if you were looking for an Eagle angle on yesterday's results, yeah, I know the, to win the Super Bowl, we want to have another parade. We want to see Jason Kelsey in the get up one more time before he walks off into the sunset. Probably not likely, but then you can, we can dream the dream, right? If, if, no, it's a big if on both fronts. If Tom Brady gets the inkling from Giselle that she wants him home and the kids want him home, and he says, you know, I said 45. I am 45. I said I'd play to 45, but if I walk away a year out, is anybody really going to give me a hard time about it? My wife's going to love me for it. Yeah, you know, see you later. Bye. Yeah. Tampa goes like this. If Aaron Rodgers either forces his way out of town, Packers will get – I asked this of a uh, uh, guy, Bill Huber, who covers the Packers on, on my CBS show last night. What do you think the trade value for Rodgers is? If the asking price for both Russell Wilson and Deshaun Jackson, all three of them different because Rodgers is almost 40. Russell Wilson is already 33. Aaron, certainly Deshaun Watson is the youngest of the crew, but he's got warts attached to him going forward. My guess is that Rodgers would bring a little less in return purely because of his age. age I'm not adding in the very hideous game he played on Saturday because it's one game in an entire career. Uh, what do you think the asking price is going to be for Rodgers? Starts at two number ones and, 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 and you know, other uh, accoutrements, whether that's uh, players uh, uh, or draft picks uh, and potentially, you know, conditional picks that can move things up, but he's still <laughs> people know. And yet, you know, everybody's had bad games, Jody, everybody. 
from the greatest quarterback of all time down to uh, the worst quarterback of all time. Everybody has bad games. Everybody in this league knows how dominant he is, what he does for that Packers offense. I mean, it'll be, it'll still be at his age, a very significant haul. And by the way, if you're a team like Denver has been the biggest speculation because people think they have a good roster. And I agree with that other than the quarterback position. If you're in that type of position, you don't have to give up significant um, players that are proven and you can go give up draft picks. I do it. The Rams are in the NFC championship game. We, we, we'll we talk about this as the draft comes up. You know, people value these draft picks like they're constants. No, the constant is the proven commodity. And the Rams have done it by going to get Odell Beckham Jr. and Von Miller and, you know, to add to the, the Aaron Donalds of the world. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Um, they've done it that way and said, you know what? Screw the draft. We're ready. We think we're going to Matthew Stafford. Like, you know, it's the, um, we're, we're going to go get proven players and try to win this thing. Now, ultimately, maybe they don't win. Um, you know, I think San Francisco is probably going to beat them, but they're close. They're in the conversation. When you're in the final four, that to me is a success. I know not to everyone else, but that to me is a success. And it shows you you can do it that way. If I'm the Denver Broncos and I can get Aaron Rodgers, I don't even think about it. I don't even think about it. If I'm the Philadelphia Eagles and I can get Russell Wilson, I don't even think about it. It's not a conversation. People say, is that a con? No, no, it's not. I don't even debate it. I don't lose a, in a 10 minutes of sleep, Jody. Oh, I can get him. I'm going to get him, period. End of sentence. It, it, it is always a conversation because another team could rob you blind if you're going to come in advertising no, that no, 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 I meant no, I, I don't mean I'm going to do it at any cost. I, I don't mean I'm going to do it at, at four first-round picks, but if I can do it at, at a – I'm saying it, people hand-ring. Oh, no, you should develop around this quarterback, and he's 33. No, no. Give me the proven guy. You've just seen what quarterbacks do to elevate teams over this weekend. Give me the superstar quarterback every single time. If it's a reasonable amount, yes, I think the Eagles will be in that conversation. All right, McMullen and McDonald will continue this very conversation with our next guests. He covers the entire NFL each days for AP after doing it right here in Philadelphia for years. Rob Mighty was in the house yesterday in Tampa. We'll talk NFL football with Rob Motti of the Associated Press next here on Birch 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. 
know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about, because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Mac and Mac guys with you here on Bird 365. We got a uh, tremendous addition to the show. It is every time he joins us, coming from his palatial estates down there in Florida. Uh, I hear it's chilly, like 65 degrees. That's why he's got a sweater on. Uh, our buddy Rob Motti from the Associated Press here with us on Birds 365. Uh, you were at the uh, Sombrero yesterday in Tampa, Mr. Motti? Yeah, it was more like the frozen tundra yesterday. Yeah, so. what was it, like 50 <laughs> in Tampa? You're, yeah, you're man. <laughs> the thin blood, Rob. You got the thin. Oh, I I busted out a, a winter coat for the first time. <laughs> uh, first time to a to a football game this year. So it was uh, it was interesting. It it was it, what a game, man. What what a weekend of NFL action. Yeah. Incredible, how about, incredible how about stuff. That? Well, let me let me start it there because you were in Tampa, Rob. Uh, it's twenty seven three. What are you thinking at that point? Yeah. I'm I'm thinking 28 uh, three. I'm th- I'm thinking Atlanta, New England, and, and then I'm going. Well, th- this defense. I thought Tampa's defense wasn't going to be able to to continue to to shut down the Rams and keep it at 27 three. And somehow the Rams just kept turning the ball over, turning the ball over, which was mind blowing to me. There were some questionable decisions at some point. I think at one point in that game after had Brady had thrown an interception and they get the ball and you're like, all right, start running the ball, line up under center, run under, and, and you're up two touchdowns. And, and immediately it was a shotgun snap and it was fumbled over. So it was, I, I was, the, the building, the, the stadium had emptied out a little bit, guys, which isn't much of a shock when it's 27-3, depending on where you are in the fan base. So there was some, some fans had left and hit that, but, by the time they, they got back and tied it up in that final minute on Leonard Fournette's, uh, it was electric in there. It was crazy, and, and it was just so deflating for all the fan base. You see Cooper Cup 
gets by the defense on, on that all-out blitz that some of the guys didn't even know about on the defense. Oh. And, uh, no, another questionable oh. call. Like, oh. What are you doing? All-out blitz. In that <laughs> type of situation, Rob, and I got a ton of respect for Todd Bowles. Yeah. I even saw Tony Dungy tweet about it. It's like, yeah. there's no timeouts. There's a All you got to do is keep them in the middle of the field. The game's going to overtime. You have a chance. I, I That is amazing to me. Some of the coaching decisions, but that one sticks out to me. And as you mentioned, not only was the decision bad, but ultimately it wasn't communicated, or at least that's the way it came across to us. Yeah, and, and that was Bruce Arians, what he said after the game. He asked about that specifically. He said, yeah, you can second you can second guess the call if you want. I'm not going to second guess the call. But we need to make sure it's communicated. Everybody's on the same page. And I, I don't know how that happens. I don't know that you're in a situation like that. Biggest uh, play of the night. And not everyone on the defense is aware of what the play call is. And when you have an all-out blitz and not everybody knows what's going to happen, this is – how Cooper Cup gets behind the defense. Like, I'm watching that play unfold. I don't know if you could see it on the screen, but Cooper Cup's like 20 yards behind the secondary. And, and, and you see the ball, like, when you're looking at the whole field and, and you see that in the air and you see the ball, you're like, there's no way the defender's going to close the gap. And, and, and he doesn't. Of course he doesn't close the gap. And uh, that, that was it, which was, to me, was a kind of an anticlimactic ending because they had – come back so you know come yeah. back down 24 you tie it you're like all right let's see how it goes to overtime and then we know a lot of complaining about the overtime rules uh after the buffalo kansas city game I, I wonder what would have happened had tampa and the rams got the overtime let me uh continue the coaching second guessing we're pretty good at this today and it was <laughs> uh certifiable it was absolutely uh on point in what happened and we've been second co- guessing the coaches who lost let me second guess a coach who won yesterday. Sean, offensive genius McVay, who's got a lead. He's got a really talented back in Cam Akers. I get it. And they've been waiting for him to come back. And he comes back the last game of the season, plays effectively last week. He's not doing much yesterday. He coughed one up early. They just keep feeding him and feeding him and feeding him. And he's going for two yards a clip. There's a reason I'm going there, because I bet the under in number of yards yesterday for Cam Akers. And I couldn't believe they just kept giving him the ball. Where is Sony Michelle? They got a, a good running back on the bench. They just kept giving it to Akers. And sure enough, he coughs it up again in the fourth quarter that gives Brady a chance to tie the game. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean McVay, offensive genius. What the hell was he thinking yesterday? Oh, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm thinking, where is Sony Michelle, who helped them get to this position down the stretch when Cam Akers was out? You know, uh, Sean McVay, who I call the most overrated coach in the NFL, uh, still not as good as Doug Peterson. I'll take Dougie P over Sean McVay 10 times out of 10. Uh, I, I We were asking ourselves that question, too. I, I was like, is, is Sony uh, Michelle injured? Did something happen? Did he go? Did he get nicked up? Uh, I don't understand what's happening, why you keep – and then Akers fumbles the ball, uh, the final of the four turnovers. So I, I thought that was very questionable there. And, and uh, it's going to be 
I'm excited. I'm excited to see the Jim, Jimmy G uh, takeover against the LA Rams because they they haven't beat Jimmy G. And how great would that be to yeah. see a mediocre quarterback in the in the Super Bowl? He'd give every Eagles fan and every other fan of any team that has a mediocre quarterback some hope. Look, you can have a mediocre guy and still get to the dance. Yeah, Rob, did you see uh, the Rams are trying to limit ticket sales to only the Los Angeles area? to try to prevent the, the takeover. They think nobody in the Bay Area knows anybody in Los Angeles. They, they can't, they can't uh, 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 dodge that brilliant system. Uh, I think you're right. It's going to be a takeover for the 49ers. But it's interesting to me. I want to continue with this coaching theme. You're right about Sean McVay. The worst thing you can do in a big situation, a big spot, is change. You know, you you. you yeah use what brings you to the dance, but he wins the game. Whereas, you know, probably the top two coaches in the, in the coach of the year voting are going to be Mike Vrabel and Matt LaFleur. And you got to ask yourself, what the heck were those guys doing? I mean, how do you lose a game where you sack the quarterback nine times? And from green Bay's perspective, the special teams, a block field goal, a block punt, and then on the final game-winning field goal, which isn't going to impact things, but it shows you the lack of discipline, 10 people on the field. Yeah, you know, when we talked about the coach of the year throughout the season and Matt LaFleur's name is mentioned as a front runner, I question why. Why is Matt LaFleur a front runner for coach of the year? They won 13 games last year. They got Aaron Rodgers. They come back and they win 13 games this year. It wasn't a tremendous coaching job. I, I would have put... Uh, certainly Mike Vrabel ahead of him for the injuries that they had to overcome to get to the number one seed. I, I would put Nick Sirianni uh, for, for the Homer reasons o over him. And not just for that. I mean, it was a coaching job to get a four eleven and one team to the postseason. So I thought a lot of other guys should be ahead of the floor, but I I'll probably be wrong, John. And I think they might end up one, two. Um, the special teams was an issue for the Packers mm -hmm. throughout the season. And when, when that's an issue, like, is it – how do you overlook that? I, I wonder how do you not find a way to make sure that this isn't going to hamper you or hinder you or cost you a playoff game? And, and Matt LaFleur did not find that – he didn't figure out a way. And, I, you know, there's, there's different things that you can do. Sometimes when, when special teams are a disaster in the regular season, later in the year, whatever it is, we've seen it with other coaches, you use some of your starters – you use some – and it, it's, it's, it could be dangerous. You don't want to lose a starting safety or starting cornerback or whatever it may be. But you have to have your best players then on special teams because you got to make sure it's not going to cost you at crunch time. And um, I, I don't know if it's arrogance. Hey, we're that good. We're the number one seed. We have Aaron Rodgers. We'll find a way. We're home. We're in Lambeau. Whatever it may be. But I thought that was absolutely uh, all on the coach. And, yeah, the, the end of the game – not to have 11 men on the field. Somebody's got to figure that out, whether it's the special teams coordinator, whether it's the coach, whether it's a player back there. That one extra guy may not block the field goal, but at least it gives you a better better chance. And I wasn't surprised with Tennessee, though, when, when you flip over and look at that other game. I wasn't surprised by Tennessee losing because I've just never been sold 
on the Titans and, and Ryan Tannehill uh, as a legitimate Super Bowl contending team. And, and they end up with the number one seed. They got some huge wins. They beat some great teams. Uh, they beat the Chiefs. They, they beat uh, the Colts twice. And they got some great – there was a five-game stretch there, six-game stretch where they were extremely impressive. But I kept thinking to myself, like, ultimately, you got Ryan Tannehill – uh, and, and to me, he's he's in the same category, maybe slightly ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo, where I don't think he'll win you a game. Uh, he may lose you a game. May, you can win with him, but you're not going to win because of him. Uh, and he cost them that game. He he turned the ball over a couple times. And even though they had nine sacks, it, cho- it shows you a little bit, uh, obviously, about Joe Burrow and, and how well he he can play, how great he is his future, and when you look at the young quarterbacks now in the NFL and you look at Mahomes, you look at Josh Allen, you look at Justin Herbert, you look at Joe Burrow and you go, yeah, we're at the end of Brady, we're at the end of Rodgers, but the league is positioned for the next decade to have immense superstar talent, and that's certainly a great thing for the NFL. All right, Rob, my favorite time of the show, hypothetical question time. If uh, one of the two Hall of Fame quarterbacks were eliminated over the weekend, I'm talking about Mr. Rogers in his neighborhood and Mr. Brady down in your neighborhood, is not coming back to the National Football League next year, which one do you think is more likely to walk away? I think it would be Tom who would be more likely to walk away. Um, His hesitancy to say anything about it yesterday was understandable um, because I I think – he wants to play. I believe this is a guy who's still ultra competitive, who's having fun when he plays. You could see it out there at practice. Uh, he's at the top of his game, leading the league in almost every statistical category. But the decision, <clears throat> the decision guys are going to come down to family. And, and I, I think that I think Giselle has a, a lot to, to do with this. And she's probably the pressure's probably mounting on Tom to stay home with the family and stay home with the kids. And I think it's a family type uh, uh, pressure that, that may, if, if one of these two decides to call it quits and if he does not come back for another year, he's going to cite family reasons. He's dropped hints along the way. The last time he spoke openly about it was a month ago, December nine. And he said, there's a lot of uh, time that, uh, that you're not spending with your kids and your family. So when the first thing, Giselle said to Tom after he won the Super Bowl last year on the field uh, was, what else do you have to prove? Um, I, I think it tells you where her mind is. She, she, wants, she wants him uh, out, of the, out of football, retired at home and playing a daddy role 24-7. And, and, and I think that, that she may win. I, I hope we get to see one more year because he's still playing at the top of his game. This is not like Peyton Manning when he won with Denver and he just couldn't throw the, more than a 12-yard pass. Yeah. Uh, There's a guy who, who, can <clears throat> still, who could still play. But Aaron Rodgers may not come back to the Packers but I feel like he's, you know, he's going to want to play, especially if he's going to end up winning a, another MVP award. And it's possible and very likely that he does. And he's going to be a two-time uh, defending reigning MVP to walk away uh, for him at this point. It would be Aaron Rodgers-ish because he, he's a different kind of guy. He's an outside-the-box thinker. And it's there's, there's a possibility, but uh, I would expect him to want to play. Now, he did say the other night he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. He wants to play. 
was a team that has a chance and the Packers got a ton of a ton of is- issues with the salary cap somewhere over 44 million over the salary cap can they retain yeah. some of their guys and not be a be a contending team so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and, and some of the can you imagine if, if Brady does decide to step down and Rodgers decides to come to Tampa and take the spot <laughs> about and, that? and step in with Mike Evans and some of yeah. the guys they have? Yeah, you know, it was interesting. I, I don't know if you saw. He was open-ended with you guys, uh, uh, Rob, but he went to Twitter afterwards, and it certainly sounded like he was coming back on Twitter. He even put hashtag keep going. Now we look back on an incredible season, learn our lessons, and get up because even greater things are coming. That's what Tom. Oh, uh, the TB, the TB twelve, TB twelve. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was t- it was funny because guys were reading that in in the in the press box, going, you know, it's a TB twelve tweet. Yeah, they have it could a, be a tweet, it, a tweet in the can already. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. organization. Yeah, yeah. Uh, type. Hey, if we win, we put this. If we lose, we put yeah. this. So. Uh, I, 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 it was interesting though. A couple of people going, Hey, what do you think? What's keep going yeah. mean? It could be a, a life philosophy. So yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced yet. I think this is going to be a decision that's going to be weeks, uh, in the making. Uh, I, I think it's going to take, it's going to take convincing of ha- had he already had her blessing, he would have been able to say right after the game, yeah, I'm coming back for one more. I'm under contract for 2022. I want to play out my contract. I want to play at age 45, one more year. Uh, and I'm going to do it, but I think the fact that he didn't say that mean he doesn't that means he doesn't have her blessing, her permission, whatever term you want to use, and, and it's going to take some convincing over the next couple of weeks. All right, need your take on this, Rob? And again, this is kind of hypothetical because um, advancing the Kansas Chiefs into the Super Bowl past Joe Burrow, who does nothing but win playoff games, um, two years ago when Andy Reid made it to the Super Bowl, I think the majority of Philadelphia got behind him. There were a couple of haters out there, but most people were rooting very much for Andy to get that Super Bowl win, even though it wasn't on an Eagle sideline. They wanted it for the guy, and sure enough, he went out and got it. Last year, when he goes back again, the love for Andy probably subsided a little bit because he'd gotten what he needed the Super Bowl. If he gets thrown around, that'd be great, but he didn't get it done. If he goes again this year, three years in a row, he went to four straight NFC championship games with the Eagles, only one Super Bowl. What do you think the feeling in Philadelphia is going to be for Andy Reid if he takes a Chiefs team to the ball three years running? Oh, I think you'll have a, a certain majority of people who will root for Andy, appreciate what he did in Philly, appreciate the man that he is, and, and root for him. But then I think there will be a, a minority of fans who will be somewhat – uh, at, fr- not, not frustrated, but fr- upset that he didn't get the job done here. Tired of seeing him there, and and as you as you called them, Jody, the haters who are always gonna want to see other people wallow in 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 suffering and losing and misery because it's a lot of those people, yeah, because they're accustomed to that too. Yeah. I, I, I th- this is one of those Twitter poll questions that that you can put out in radio shows, put out all the time. I, I'd be interested. That, you know, sometimes you put those out and like you're not really interested in in, in the answer. This is one where I I wonder: would it be sixty forty? Would it be seventy? 30 would it be 55 
45 rooting yeah. for rooting against that that's that hey you might as well might as well do that and, and get it sponsored by one of those wonderful sponsors you got yeah. over there exactly. I, I i from a philadelphia perspective i don't know how you can't have respect for andy reed if you're an eagles fan mm-hmm. i mean their their dna as an organization to this day can be traced back to andy yeah. reed everything they believe comes from andy reed and they built mm-hmm. a, a pretty successful organization. I know, Rob, you go back to that. You were here in way back in 1999, I assume. Uh, you know, yeah. first year, that staff is amazing. And the assistant to the head coach on Andy Reid's first staff was Sean McDermott. And there they wow. were uh, of last night uh, battling each other in arguably the greatest game in NFL history. You could put that in the conversation as one of the certainly if it happened in the Super Bowl it would be probably regarded as that so to see those guys going back and forth but I got to bring it up 13 seconds left why is Sean McDermott not saying let's force this team to return this kick are you that scared of that return game because if you if you take a little bit of time off that clock game's Mm -hmm. over that you know, I, I was thinking of that as valid criticism because if you squib kick that, if you don't kick it out of the end zone, if they have to return it uh, from the one, from the five, from the twelve, from the eighteen, I don't care where it ends up, where it lands, it's going to take four, five, six seconds, and now you're in. Now Kansas City needs one play, not two plays. They won't have time to run two plays. I know they had their allotment of timeouts, but it, it certainly. Uh, is a very questionable decision. I, I didn't hear what Sean McDermott said after the game or if he was asked about that, but that's one that he needs to answer, and um, it, it ends up costing him. But it, it's crazy, guys, to think this. In, in the first game, the Bucks rallied back down 24, uh, and, and they tie it up with 42 seconds left, and it gave the Rams too much time on the clock. And then <laughs> 13 and then the, seconds, yeah, too much time. And then the Bills say, you know what? We'll one-up you. We'll rally. We'll take the lead, and we'll give them too much time, and it's only 13 seconds. Who would have thought 13 seconds is too much time? And uh, and Pat, Patrick Mahomes and, and is, you know, dynamic. Josh Allen was tremendous. It was one of the greatest games ever. I will. I will say, forty-one thirty-three was pretty. Uh, it was a, a pretty incredible football game too. Not just because the Eagles won, but because when you look at it, one punt uh, back and forth, uh, the total yards and all the other records in that one. Uh, that's got to be right there in the conversation as one of the greatest games. All right, Mighty Man, we didn't have you on last week. I know you were part of it. I think I remember you're getting a question in for the Eagles' closing press conference of the regular season, the head coach and the general manager. Anything there surprise you? Anything there make you question what the heck the Eagles were doing? Anything there that really excited you? What was the one answer and or uh, road that the media slash Eagles went down that got your most attention? I was mostly surprised by the reaction from media, some national, uh, a lot national, to what Howie said about Jalen Hurts. Because what Howie said 
about Jalen was what he should have said about Jalen. What they, the, there was no other answer they could have given. They could not have said, we're looking for another quarterback. We're going to explore our options. He's not the guy. They said exactly what they're supposed to say. And none of it to me means anything. I, I think that they will still explore their options. I still think that there's a possibility they go outside and bring in a new quarterback. And there's still the, if the very real possibility they keep Jalen and, and for one more season, try and evaluate him and trade one of those picks and accumulate another one in 2023 and, and have that, that as a potential option. But if you don't think they're going to kick the tires on Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, whoever else with any pedigree becomes available then you're not paying close enough attention to what Howie Roseman and this organization values. So having said that, I was surprised, not by anything that came from them, but from people in the, in the national media taking it as gospel, as a guarantee, yeah. all right, there you go. Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback next year. No, Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback of the Eagles as of the statement, January yeah. 19, or whatever yeah. it was made. Yeah. And, and there was nothing else that could have been said. And I, I think sometimes – uh media ought to know better we all should know better and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything right now but it was exactly what they should have said if i want to go outside of that and go one other thing maybe it was the the we're still evaluating our staff in regards to the question about jonathan gannon hey if he doesn't get a job somewhere else is he going to be your defensive coordinator and he didn't automatically say yes he said we're still evaluating our staff and that made me wonder or question hmm is there something there if Jonathan Gannon doesn't get a head coaching job, is there a possibility he's not back as a defensive well, I, coordinator? I can, yeah. I can answer I that can one. I can tell you that I one. think yeah. I can you answer that one. You talk to Jeffrey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, he hadn't had the sit-down meeting with the big yeah. boss yet. The The owner had not chimed in on the coaching <laughs> yeah. staff just yet, and we know what happens when the owner does that. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this Nick is, Nick is, is very savvy, uh, very savvy, and he yeah. knew uh, uh, he knew not to say anything before. Or he talked to Jeffrey, but he wasn't going to pull Doug Peterson and say, no, Mike Gross coming." exactly. <laughs> um, so I want to uh, bring those two thoughts uh, together, Rob. And I, by the way, I'm glad you brought that up because I told Jody last week, I don't know why everyone assumes these guys are under oath. They're not under oath. They can change their mind. So when they say something about Jalen Hurts, recency bias, we just went through this great, uh, weekend of football how do you not look at Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and say we got to get better at the quarterback position and then with JG do you think he's going to be the head coach of the Houston Texans uh is there is there fire growing from that smoke I, I don't think Gannon's going to end up getting a head coaching job. I, I think it, it's nice to see him getting these opportunities, but I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job. I would be surprised. I'll tell you that. I'll be slightly surprised if he does get a head coaching job um, this year. And I, I believe he's still got to do a little bit more um, and, and maybe not pay his dues, but I, I think he's a, at least another hiring cycle away if he's going to end up getting that opportunity. Uh, now, as far what was the first part of the question? Uh, the quarterback, just the recency oh, yeah. bias of watching so, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and, and, and Joe Burrow, for that matter. Anybody will look at that, right? Anybody will look at it and say, yeah, we, you should want a Mahomes and Allen, uh, a, a Joe Burrow. But the other J.G., you said J.G. and Jonathan Gannon. What about Jimmy G.? 
JG Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. He gives yeah. he gives he gives you hope when you have Jalen Hurts. He gives you hope. They he didn't do a single thing to win that game. They won on special teams. They won uh, on defense. They won with their running game. But now that that gives teams who have that mid tier mediocre fifteen to thirty quarterback, not top ten, not top twelve quarterback. Uh, an opportunity to say, hey, we can find it. Look at the 49ers. They made it to the NFC title game, and, and they did it right in a, a strong running game, a strong defense, and a quarterback who who didn't lose them the game. And if we can just find a game manager um, and, and who fits that description and build around these other guys, maybe he's dynamic. Like Jalen Hurts is capable of making more plays, I think, than Jimmy Garoppolo because of his legs. I think he's more – He's got the potential to be more dynamic. So uh, from that perspective, had had Aaron Rodgers won and got in, then you go, all right, look at that. The final four quarterbacks, all elite, all guys in the top five. But there's that glimmer of hope for the teams out there who don't have one of those guys. And uh, you better believe some some are going to hold on to that, not because they want to, but because they don't have the opportunity to have one of the other guys. I'm glad you went there because that's exactly what I said last hour when John brought it up. Yeah, everyone wants a superstar quarterback. But then there's Jimmy G. And if he wins the whole thing, it kind of changes your perspective. Um, last one for me, Rob. And I know you could have answered this question better two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, when the NFL and how it was covered was different. You're doing your stuff from Tampa these days anyway. But even if you were still living in South Philly, you'd be doing it via remote. On Zoom, so things change, but they stay the same. Jason Kelsey, we all want to know. We're all dying to know. We got to know. Is Jason Kelsey coming back for another year? If you were still in the locker room, uh, being able to get feelings from other players, maybe Jason himself on the record, off the record, we'd know that much better. So I'm get, I'm asking you to make a read from afar. Think Jason Kelsey's coming back to the birds next year? I do. I, I do. If I had to put a percentage on it, I, I think it'd be closer to 60 that he does that than he doesn't. I, I just feel like, hey, he was just a, he was a first team all pro. Um, he's playing at a high level and he loses. They lose that game to the Buccaneers and he commits two uncharacteristic penalties in there. Yeah, I, I know Jason Kelsey's a competitor tough guy he doesn't want to go out that way losing a game committing two holding penalties all pro season there's no decline in his game he's still at the top of his top of his game and he's still building some hall of fame credentials and and i and i think that he could be you know he's they're valid right now he's got a strong case for the hall of fame but man if he comes back and is a pro bowler one more year and all pro one more time he could really solidify that case for for the hall of fame he's having fun uh he's a he's a team leader guys love him the coaches uh you know nick sirianni everybody wants him back what did he say last week sending him a couple kegs or something yeah, like couple that kegs. So couple he, kegs. He's gonna, yeah he's, he's gonna feel the pressure from some of his uh, uh teammates and and some of the coaches and everybody really to come back and i think when it's all said and done he takes takes some time off like he does every year and uh you know he's 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 still got that ability to play and I think they got a coach in Nick who you know he gives you the rest days as a veteran you don't have to you don't have to go out there on a Wednesday sometimes on a Thursday you know take your rest days and and just show up and be ready for the game and he's still got that love for the game so I could see him coming back for at least one more year 
All right, Rob, before I let you go, I want to let everybody know about Faith on the Field, your your syndicated radio show. Everybody can check that out, faithonthefieldshow.com, the AP Pro Football Podcast. I assume you're dragging all the equipment to Los Angeles. So radio I'm going to ask you, yeah. I'm going to ask you, who are you going to be watching in Los Angeles? Because we're not going to get yeah. you again before the championship game. So I want to pin you down. What, what, um, what, who are you going to be watching at SoFi Field? I'm going to take the Chiefs with the home field advantage to win that game against the Bengals. They're just, they're so dynamic on offense. And I know Joe Burrow is, but when, when you see Burrow get sacked nine times by the Tennessee Titans, I, I, I think he's not going to be able to. The offensive line, their O line needs help. Their O line needs Andre Dillard and Jack Driscoll and all the Eagles backups yes. would be starters on that Bengals yes. offensive line. Hey, Howie. Uh, you know, there's a trade partner for you right there with the Cincinnati Bengals. How about Andre Dillard for Jamar Chase? I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Before anybody, before anybody, before anybody thinks, uh, you know, I, I woke up uh, uh, drunk or anything, <laughs> I would, that would never happen. But hey, there's a trade partner there. So I'm going to take the Chiefs and uh, I'm, I'm going to roll with my guy now, my guy, Jimmy G. Yeah. He's never, he's never lost to that overrated Sean McVay. He's 6-0 and against them. They beat him. You know, I, I was in the press box uh, at the Buccaneers game week 18 because they had just won. They needed the 49, and, and we're all gathered around watching the Niners-Rams in L.A. at SoFi week 18 of the season because it had seeding ramifications. And as I was watching that, I'm going, I would have never thought this is the preview of the NFC Championship. And here it is, the preview of the NFC Championship. No Brady, no Rodgers, no Dak, uh, and, and, and it's the Niners. Go out there, get that W, and, and no, won't be a Niners-Bengals. Uh, yeah, they came uh, back from 17, too. <laughs> Came yeah, back from well, 17 down, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see that just so we can give all the teams with mediocre quarterbacks more hope out there <laughs> that Jimmy got, got the Niners to the Super Bowl. All right, you set me up for the perfect last question, hypothetical. <laughs> Chiefs, Niners. Chiefs find a way to win. Mahomes is Mahomes. Jimmy G plays well enough. It's not because of Jimmy G that they lose the game. Mahomes throws for... 375 and four touchdowns. You're not going to hang that on Jimmy G, but he got him to the Super Bowl. Doesn't win. Is he their starting quarterback next year in San Francisco? Mm. Gotta be. He's he's gotta be. Hey, if Aaron Rodgers could sit on a bench and wait for Brett Favre, uh, I, I think Trey Lance can sit and wait for. Well, all right, Jimmy G's not Brett Favre, but <laughs> 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 yeah, he takes him to a Super Bowl. Uh, I think you take it to a Super Bowl, you can't lose your job, man. You come back and, and you let him play next year, and the first time he gets dinged up, you put – I just don't feel like Trey Lance was ready this year, and I, I don't know how ready he's going to be next year. So uh, there, there, there's always that potential where you groom him for another year. They invested a lot in him. He's their quarterback of the future. That doesn't mean he's got to be their quarterback of the right now. Marty, man, know you got your finger on the pulse of the Bucks this week to see if that Brady guy makes a decision. Sounds like you're with us. He's probably coming back, and you're going to get the government again next year and cover the Eagles from afar. You know we're going to tap into you plenty during the offseason and uh, probably before the Super Bowl again as well. Rob, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on today. Enjoy. Uh, get, get your sweater out because it's only going to get colder down there in Tampa. Uh, I, I can't wait, guys. I, I'll probably see you then from Radio Row. If you need me, I'll be out there, all right?
Thanks, Rob. Rob Marty, Associated Press, here with us on Birds 365. All right, Mullen and McDonald coming back. You know, we got to do put on a bow bow on the show on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Back to Mac here with Young Birds 365. comes down the home stretch. Of a Monday edition after maybe the greatest weekend. I shouldn't say maybe. Definitely the greatest weekend in the history of the National Football League. As far as competition goes, uh, the closeness of the games. Four straight walk-off games to get to the uh, championship weekend. Uh, two quick points before we exit stage left, Johnny Mac. I looked up Brady's contract because I asked Rob about him potentially walking away. Interesting notes on SportTrack.com. Brady lost out on $5 million of bonuses with yesterday's game. If he had done what he did last year, if he had won yesterday, wins a championship game, wins a Super Bowl, $5 million on top of the 20 million that he's already making. Um, so last, uh, last night was a little painful. And there's a clause in his contract that if he retires, the last time he signed, which was this past offseason, he got a $20 million signing bonus. If he retires after this year, 
he's obligated to give 16 of the 20 million back. It's one thing to walk away from potential money going down the road, but to go back and have to give back $16 million. Yeah, I'm not sure Giselle's signing off on that. I know Tom Brady's made more money than he ever needs to spend. Yeah. And his wife makes as much as he does, if not more. I know they're not worried about their bottom line. But anytime you got to write a check for $16,000, that's a little tricky. Yeah, so, it's uh, funny. Uh, rich people don't like writing big checks. But I would say, yeah, you mentioned makes uh, as much. No, Giselle makes much, much more. <laughs> Tom is the is not the breadwinner in that family. I think the her net worth is, you know, five, six hundred million, something up there. So, uh, yeah, they're not. Uh, I don't think money is the issue with that particular family. Let me ask you one last question before we exit stage left mentioned at the top of the show this is a week where you might actually see some coaching hirings usually we have at least one hire by this point somebody apps quickly gets in an interview wows the snot out of someone they make a quick decision we've seen our guy you know when you see it boom there's a hire that hasn't happened yet this year we're now into the second week um of potential meetings and interviews and the like and you and i both think we don't know. Something will happen before the championship game. There'll be one higher out of the eight openings as of this week. Either one of them going to Jonathan Gannon or Doug Peterson. If I tell you one of them is going to get a head coaching job and the other one isn't, which one is more likely? Dougie P or your boy, JG? Uh, JG, and not because he's my boy. Um, I don't get it. Uh, there is no, uh, the, there's no growing sentiment that Doug Peterson's going to get a job in this cycle, and it's bizarre to me. It's crazy to me. I would hire him uh, over any of these coaches that have been uh, named circulated. Denver, for instance, I just took a look. It's down to three. It's going to be Dan Quinn, um, Kevin O'Connell. And I forget the third one, but, uh, oh, Nathan Hackett from Green Bay. Yeah. So they've kind of. I'd make him the leader in the clubhouse, by the way, for Rogers purposes only. Yeah. For Rogers purposes. Uh, Dan Quinn's always been the favorite there. We'll see how it shakes out. But you're right. If they want to try to uh, lure Aaron Rodgers. I don't get it. I don't get it, Jody. There's a lot of talk about Jonathan Gannon in Houston around this league. We'll see. Um, if he doesn't get the Houston job, I don't think he's getting the job, but I don't hear anybody talking about Doug Peterson, maybe for that eighth team ninth, maybe it starts bubbling up again after they lose out on the hot candidates. Why these guys are the hot candidates. I have no stinking idea. Yeah. But a couple of guys probably actually hurt their chances. If either Leslie. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, you, you got a guy with a LeBron. I, I don't get it. I don't get it, Jody. We'll have to talk about this in a lengthier segment. I do not get it at all. We'll do that tomorrow. That's a promise. Uh, yes, we'll have another guest or two tomorrow. Probably a little bit more Eagles, but this is the time of year where the entire National Football League comes into focus. We'll continue to do it and do it again 22 hours from now here on Birds 365. Thanks. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.